Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is a beautiful Wednesday night here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It's your co-host Rusty Buckus checking in for our regularly scheduled programming. Those of you that tuned in last night, thanks for checking out our our, our show last night with our special guest. Uh, again, thanks to Cody Reinhardt for being there last night talking about the life of a rodeo star. And if you hadn't checked that out, I would highly encourage you. Big shout out to my co-host Uncle Buck for getting him on the show. Uncle Buck, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Rusty, it's good to see you. You know, um, separation makes the heart grow fonder, and you know, you're just you're just here now. So, <laughs> so uh, I haven't had time to miss you yet, but that's a good thing because we like doing this a lot. I tell you, having Cody on the program last night, I don't know about you, but I listened to nothing but Garth Brooks and George Strait all day today. First song I played when I woke up this morning was Rodeo by Garth Brooks, and it was oh, a good yeah. day after that. Oh, yeah. That's It's just a hit. Yeah, Every one of them. Absolutely. And if you hadn't listened to it again, it's on Spotify. We're two bucks, T-W-O, Bucks Sports Pod on Spotify. You can find the links in the bios on our Instagram and Twitter. That's the num- at the number two, Bucks Sports Pod. Uh, on both Instagram and Twitter, we have a blog, two bucks, the number two, BucksSportsPod.com. If you haven't checked out those links, please do so. And again, guys, we really appreciate y'all being here with us. If you don't mind, like, share, comment, give us a rating on Spotify, YouTube. Just help us get word out there about this show. We'd love to continue to grow in our audience. We thank you to those who have. But again, please make sure that you're liking, sharing, commenting. Send it to friends if you like it um, and helping us just to grow this brand. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Rusty, there's something important about you know, something that makes it feel like one, you're a part of it when you're on the ground floor. And I'm just going to warn everybody, you're getting close to not being able to call yourself a day one you're not <laughs> wrong. subscriber. So We're already starting to have an international audience, uh, very likely a, a pirate. But if you're not and you're listening to this or a bot, if you're not and you're listening to this in Brussels, Belgium, give us a like, give us a comment because you download every episode, likely a bot. But if not, let us know you're listening. And if you're a pirate, please come on the podcast because I would love to uh, <laughs> to talk pirate ships with you sometime. <laughs> and the uh, realities I, of, you know, how much is real and how much is fiction in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Absolutely. And what better person to talk about that than a Belgian pirate? Yeah, I don't think they have pirates in Belgium. I don't think so. They seem too nice. I don't know. I couldn't tell thing. you a single thing about anybody from Belgium. Yeah. I think the guy from uh, the Austin Powers movie, isn't he from Belgium? Austin Powers? Yeah, no, the uh, gold member. Isn't he from Belgium? I mean, are you talking about Michael Myers? No, I'm talking about the character gold member from Austin Powers. Oh, <laughs> Michael Myers played every single role in that movie. So Right, which he, Michael Myers? He's Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> so, or is he Mike Myers? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, getting sidetracked. So, Drew, it's a good day today. We're exactly 30 days away from opening uh, opening day of college baseball season. Mississippi State Bulldogs take on VMI, Virginia Military Institute, in Starkville on February 17th. So we're only 30 days away from a sport that you and I both love. And I know we're both excited to get that up and going. And I'm excited to get a new champion this year. Oh, man, I couldn't be more thrilled. Um, I'm just pulling up. Uh, Ole Miss starts the season at home against the Blue Hens of Delaware. Ooh. Shout out Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. So uh, they start out on February the 18th. Uh, they 
or I'm sorry, February the 17th at 4 p.m. against Delaware. So guess who's taking off work early? Because this guy got season tickets again. Hey, out of boy. Nice, man. I'm I'm coming. You know, I made the trip all the way to Omaha to watch my Rebels win the College World Series. And so now I feel like I need to go and pay it off with watching the first pitch and getting whatever commemorative national championship merchandise they give out, as well as see the banner on the wall and the pennant put up. Yeah. Just a beautiful way to start a baseball season. Yeah, yeah. be nice to see that for sure. So uh, get your tickets if you hadn't gotten them yet. 30 days away from college baseball returning. Hey, um, and before, I know where you're going, but we were talking about college baseball for a second. Let me throw something at you. Uh, did you see the tweet from the Arkansas baseball Twitter account? Wild. Yeah. Okay. So for anybody who hasn't, the Arkansas baseball Twitter account has tweeted out uh, yesterday a video montage of their College World Series participation ring, and it says earned, not given. And I'm telling you what, there is nothing that just says tone deaf like that. Like, I get it's an accomplishment, but the one year that you've made it, I mean, you make it every year so to celebrate this one in which the last the reigning and the the reigning champion and last year's champion are both your direct rivals to to beat your chest saying well we were there too you know and i just got a real big kick out of it it's not a good look you know every team that goes to omaha it's well known they get a ring you get a ring for going the one that you win is obviously bigger but nobody celebrates the participation trophy that's like we were growing up Drew, we, I'm sure you did some of this. I played flag football at the Y, and every year when you were playing flag football, the one award you didn't want to get was the Hustle Award. The oh, Hustle yeah. Award meant you weren't real good, but you sure did try hard. <laughs> the, the, one you, the Good Sportsmanship Award. That's it. That's yeah. the one you didn't want, and that's what they feel like they're celebrating was the Hustle Award. Like, you made it. You didn't win, but by golly, you were there. But, you know, the thing is, is it didn't even set well with Arkansas fans mm-hmm. because – they make it every year and they've never won it. So now are we going to just celebrate getting there? Because they know that's not yeah. the goal, you know. So and I got a big kick out of it. Because the they were just like, up. we were there too. Don't forget about us. Yeah, and the tweet is still up. Like they haven't read the comments. They haven't read the room to see that this is not a winning tweet. And it's still sitting on their timeline. Well, the worst thing you can do with a bad tweet is delete it. Fair. So anyways. Hey, at least turn the comments off so you can't see what you're <laughs> saying about it. Yeah, yeah, that's called uh, throwing the grenade and running. <laughs> what that's it. It. If you turn the comments off, it's that's just like it. running away from a grenade that you just threw. That is being ungovernable. So, yes. um, but yeah, speaking of watching college baseball, I don't know that I'll be able to make it to opening day in Starville, so I'll probably be watching from here in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina, uh, and I'll be doing that with Drew, some of my favorite game day foods. And in the past, we've done some drafts. We did a draft of some Christmas music and movies, and we kind of enjoyed that. So I thought we'd do a little bit, uh, bring that back up again tonight and do a best game day snack draft. What do you think about that? Oh, man, I love the idea. You know, we, you know, we came up with this idea over Christmas season because I just, I get infatuated with Christmas time and I love everything about Christmas time and the way it makes me feel. And so we really love the format of it. So Let's just try to do them more often. And what we're going to do with this one, if we can figure out how, please remember that we are new at this as well. So if we can figure out how to make a cool little graphic, we're going to post it up on 
the social medias, the interwebs, the Instagrams, and the Twitters, and whatnot. And we're going to put up a poll with a graphic of what we have chosen. And we're going to ask our faithful listeners to cast their vote. And the loser will shave their beard. I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> we'll come up with something, but shaving the beard seems a bit dramatic. Yeah. You get to choose the eyebrows or the beard. Ooh, give me the yeah. eyebrows, man. I'm keeping the beard. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, off air, we flipped a quarter, uh, an electronic quarter on the internet. So I don't trust it at all. And the main reason why I don't trust it is because Rusty won. So Rusty gets the number one pick. I this did. is going to be a snake draft with five different um, selections made by each person and justify it briefly. And we'll move on and get into some uh, get into some NFL stuff and some NBA stuff throughout the show. Yep. So uh, Rusty Buckets on the clock with first overall pick of the 2023 Game Day Snack Draft. I select chicken wings. It's mm. hard to go wrong with some good smoked or fried wings on game day. Uh, whether you're a sauce or a dry rub, personally, I'm a dry rub guy. I like the crunch. I like the dry rub. I don't need all that messy sauce. And absolutely miss me if you put your if you dip your ring, wings in ranch. Get out of here with that mess. Give me blue cheese, and I take chicken wings, number one overall. Yes. Uh, so that was my number one pick as well. And I think we both knew that about each other, that the chicken wings wasn't going to get to the 102 on the draft. Grandma's hands in Carth, Mississippi will forever have those honey hots and those honey golds will forever be the best chicken wings. You know, I remember that time we went over to your old house in Corinth and watched the Super Bowl. And I think we bought 200 wings and there was 10 or 12 of us. And man, they, they went quick. I don't know if you remember or not, but we ordered 200. We ate them all and we ordered another hundred. <laughs> That's right. And That's ate right. all of those. And and there were sides and desserts and chips, you know, yeah. it didn't it didn't matter. It was all it gone. Slow us down. Uh, I believe that was the uh, the 28 to three Falcons Super Bowl too. It was. It was a boring game, so we just yeah. ate chicken wings in the first half. <laughs> in the first half, we just ate a bunch of chicken wings. Yeah. Oh. So chicken wings was my 101 as well. Uh, I do kind of take exception to you taking it and then saying that you don't care for the sauces. I feel like you should be you should not be able to take the chicken wing, which is obviously the number one pick, if you're not going to take all the condiments and all the ways and variations. That you can eat them in, as long as there's, I mean, the only way you can't eat them is boneless. Those are yeah. chicken nuggets. Those are adult chicken nuggets. And I don't hate the sauces. Given the preference, I like dry rub, but I will eat sauces on mine. Okay. Well, we branded, the, you know, this is, this is not necessarily a finger foods draft. It's just a food draft for a party. And I'll tell you, my next pick was pretty easily, but easy because it's also my favorite food in general. This comes this come up a lot in my family. Like, Uncle Buck, what's your favorite food? And every time, no hesitation, it's pizza. Mm. Any way you slice it, no pun intended, any way you want to serve it to me, I don't care. As long as there's no pineapple on it, I want pizza. I you, could eat, you lost me. Yeah, I could eat pizza every day because there's enough variations in which you can get it to where it never gets old. It's a perfect delivery system for food you know it's not messy which you know some things are worth the mess pizza's worth the mess if it if it's a messy pizza but your standard pizza is a plate you don't i mean the pizza itself is a plate i mean you don't need a plate and so you can just freehand a, a slice of pizza and you can go anywhere in the house and talk to anyone you want to and far and away it, it's the clear 102 
And if somebody told me that they chose pizza over chicken wings, then I wouldn't fault them for that either. Yeah, two solid first picks, man. Couldn't agree more. I do like do like Hawaiian pizza, but uh, couldn't agree more. Pizza's a solid first choice. Solid first choice. All right, so buckets. Uh, I got the turn here. You know, eight after the first pick, we're just gonna pick two in a row. And uh, you know, this may sound chalk, but it's if I'm hosting a party, there's two things that I'm going to cook. If you're not getting one, you're getting the other. I don't cook my own chicken wings. I outsource that. It's it's better for everybody. Um, but the two things that I'm going to cook is pizza or provide pizza or cook it on the green egg and hamburgers. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Hamburgers, again, they're solid. You don't need a plate. You don't need anything. You just need some ketchup and mustard and pickle and a piece of cheese, you know, and it's solid. You can't mess it up. You're, you're great. Just like pizza, your great pizza and your great burger is amazing, and your bad pizza or burger is still pretty good. Exactly. So, yeah, that's where I'm. That's where I'm sitting with that. Can't couldn't argue that. I'm more of a hamburger guy, not a big cheese on my burger guy, because I, I appreciate the meat. But like, I agree. And, and again, I'll eat cheese on my hamburger. I'll eat a cheeseburger occasionally. But and you're right, man. Put bacon on there. Put mushrooms. Put whatever. Like it's yeah, can't go wrong with a burger. Um. The best topping, if I see it as a topping on a burger, I get it every time. It's the fried onion straws. Absolutely. 10 oh, out of 10. Absolutely. I've never had a bad one. No, absolutely. That crunch and that those onions, mm. can't beat that, man. Can't All beat right, that. All right, so two picks to your buckets. All right, so my first pick is going to be probably my – wings were a very, very solid first choice. And for me, the, there's always – kind of like you, there's two things at all my, my game day parties. Number one is wings, whether I cook them or outsource them. Number two, buffalo chicken dip. I love buffalo chicken dip. I can eat it with a fork. Uh, it's good with chips. It's good with uh, French bread that's cut up and, and and dipped in it with garlic toast. It doesn't matter. Buffalo chicken dip is a solid, solid choice uh, for any game day affair. I love me. And I eat it cold, eat it hot. Doesn't matter. I love buffalo chicken dip. And I tell you, I think you're being a little bit more specific with your picks than I am because uh, I don't know how you want to do this, but I had chips and dip as one of mine so uh is that do you want to take all chips and dip or do we want to do this more specifically and you get buffalo and i may get a different dip so yeah i had it listed out i have a couple other type of dips in my list and so i'll see if they're still there when it comes around my time right. I'm, I'm being a little more specific on that i own that okay. my next pick is probably not as specific um so buffalo chicken dip my second pick my third pick i'm going with sliders uh you can do hamburger sliders. You can do buffalo chicken sliders. You can do the little ham with the butter and, and poppy seed sliders. Like There's a those million are, different those options. Good. Those are really good. Absolutely. There's a million different options with the little slider sandwiches. The only the only qualification for me is I love them on the uh, the King's Hawaiian Rolls. Yes. Ever in between them, and I'm all in. So a less specific one, give me sliders. And you, it was it was on my list. I, I, I have a list of 12 – it was on my list and I feel good to say that Buffalo chicken dip was not Buffalo chicken dip is fine. I'm not a huge fan of Buffalo sauce. If it was any other sauce, like I like spicy sauce. I'm just not a big fan of Buffalo sauce. Sure. Uh, sliders was on my list because mm -hmm. I think what you'll find as we go through this, there's a very specific food that I want at a game or a party, you know, that kind of atmosphere and they need to be easily handled. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like, 
I feel like I'm a, I'm a social butterfly when it comes to these things. And so I like to move around and there's a real convenience factor that comes with that for me to move and, you know, spread my wings. That's it. <laughs> you know? last thing you, the last thing you want to do is be trying to twirl up pasta or cut through a big steak or eat like these, like give me something that I can take from social circle to social circle from couch to chair. Right. So I can watch the games and socialize. Absolutely. Right. right. And I'm a guy that goes through many plates because I'm not going to fill up a plate because then it's hard to move. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to graze for a couple hours. Right. Okay. Well, for my third pick, um, really kind of surprised both of these are going to come back to me because I thought they would be gone. Um, chili. Mm. Now you're talking baseball in the springtime. It's still cold. If you're talking Super Bowl party, chili is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love chili. I love other people's chili. Make my real rule with chili is make your recipe and bring it because, mm-hmm. and the hotter, the better. So, yep. uh, you know, we both grew up in an old Baptist church that had a yearly chili cook-off, and I'm telling you, that's the one Sunday I wouldn't miss. The yep. chili cook-off and the ice cream socials, yep. you know, could, where could, all, the old lady, all the old ladies bring homemade ice cream and cook it during the uh, – or uh, make it during the service, and then we all judge it afterwards. The two yeah. best events that old Baptist churches put on. Nothing so, like that grind of that ice cream maker in the background, Brother Randy's up on stage. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So chili would be my number uh, three pick. Uh, like I said, make it how you make it and Solid. give it a shot. Yep. Solid. I love chili. Uh, number two, uh, I'm sorry, number four for me, second pick in this turn here. I'm going to have to go a sausage and cheese plate. Oh, yeah. A sausage and cheese plate. Yeah. My wife and I, it seems like weekly. We're going to get smoked sausage and cheese cubes and pickles, and we're dicing them up and burnt. I want my sausage burnt. We're burning that sausage in the skillet Mm. and uh, and having sausage and cheese and pickles, and you you really can't beat it. It's kind of the the southern way of doing a charcuterie board. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't do the fancy cheeses or the salamis or the olives. No, I want a, a spicy smoked sausage, pepper jack cheese. Mm-hmm. and pickles yeah and i'll eat it every time yep and you remember at the rendezvous you can get that and they sprinkle their rendezvous seasoning over the yes. top that only makes it better yes uh they do that at rip shack in corinth as well absolutely and uh corky's barbecue used to have it in the stadium at vaughn hemingway when we used to have season tickets to football games at Ole miss mm-hmm. and it was a it was a staple every saturday i was in the vault so, yeah, so my two picks at this turn were chili and the sausage and cheese plate. Solid, man. That's two. That's a, that's a, that's a solid list so far. Do you have either of those on your list? I had chili, but I didn't think about sausage and cheese plate, but that's a See? solid, solid yeah. choice. Well I'm done, up here. sir. I'm up here. Yeah, had chili on mine. Um, yeah, so I'll round out my list of picks four and five. Pick number four is nachos, and I don't care if they're like your taco-style nachos with ground beef and cheese and pico and sour cream guac however you want to dress it up i also really like barbecue nachos so i'm just saying nachos in general because again it's a mobile food you can get you get your 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 carbon your in your chip you get your cheese you get your meat and sauce eat it down it's a great way great food delivery kit is a chip right and so nachos and it's one of those that like i was saying with pizza and burgers 
bad nachos is yeah. tortilla chips and warm cheese, and that's just fine. That's good. The cheese out you of know? a can that they serve at the Kasu concession stand. Yeah, you know, they've got the little ice – looks like a soft-serve ice cream machine they've got in the back that dispenses liquid cheese onto – Still good. <laughs> Still good. And uh, you were the first person to introduce me to the uh, – what do you call it? The uh, Where you open the little – individual bags of doritos and dump the taco meat in it oh tacos in a bag yeah, tacos yeah. in a bag yeah i yes. should have known that was what it was called as so creative as you are absolutely yeah so for our <laughs> listeners at home if you probably had these at youth group growing up but you take a bag of doritos and you kind of crush your chips up a little bit you pop it open you dump your meat your cheese your lettuce tomatoes sour cream i mean go wild olives whatever you want in there mix it up you got a taco in a doritos bag and they are incredible Okay, I will. Uh, I've only got one pick. That's so, all. I got one pick left. You've done five, right? I got four, man. I just finished with nachos. I, I still okay. got one more. Oh, that's right. You were the one pick, so you get the last pick. All right. So, I thought I compiled my list, and I, uh, I like to involve the wife sometimes. And so I said, "Honey, what's the one thing that you love to have at social gatherings? You know, because I mean, we go watch games and stuff, but." Just in general, what do you want at social gatherings? And she said something that I was like, you know, I cannot believe I didn't think of that. And so I told her I'd shout her out on the podcast and give her all the credit because that's what she's, you know, that's that's what marriage is, just giving your wife all the credit. Um, the little barbecue weenies. <laughs> Dude, that was my last pick. <laughs> oh, good. She's going to be so excited that I stole it from you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the little barbecue weenies. And, and I asked her what she puts in them, and she says, I don't know, some mustard, some barbecue. Some, she told me one time she puts jelly in it, and I'm like, yeah, jelly? barbecue sauce and grape jelly. That's what yeah. it is. And I had a whole spiel about them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exciting. I can't wait to tell her that you I stole it from you. So, yeah, the little cocktail weenies you make in the, uh, in the crock pot. And um, and she said, and and she just went on and on and on. She said, and you can even make take the little weenies and make uh, pigs in a blanket. And I was like, that's a good pick too. So that's I'll just take the little well. weenies. <laughs> I, my, yeah, I was between two, either cocktail weenies or little smokies, whatever you call them, and pigs in a blanket. They're yeah. both great game day foods. Well, those are gone now, so I have to go to another pick. And I, I gave you all the nachos, so I get all the little weenies. <laughs> Absolutely, that's only fair. And I can't think about the little pigs in a blanket without thinking about Kevin in the office. Where yeah. they go to Gabe's apartment. He's like, I'm eating a pig in a blanket. In, in a blanket. A blanket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. My last pick, since it was stolen from me, I'm going to go a little different direction and go a little nostalgic for me. So game day in the Witten household consisted of we'd mix it up. We'd have queso. We'd have tacos. We'd have different things. But the number one thing that happened every Saturday in the fall for college football, mama would make sausage balls. Where you yes. take the sausage and the bisquick and the cheese, you mix it all up, roll it up into little balls, you bake them in the oven, they come out warm. And mom always did spicy sausage, so they had just yes. enough of a kick. Those things are good for breakfast, lunch, dinner, game day snack, tailgating, their ultimate portable food. You pour queso on them, you got a whole new food. Oh. I love sausage balls. And you know what the best thing about sausage balls is? Me and my wife, she's coming up. We're talking about food. We love food. So she keeps coming up in this conversation. But the one thing that we fight about the most is that she heats up everything in the microwave. And I won't do that. No. Yeah. If I'm get, if there's leftover pizza, do not put my pizza in the microwave. It just gets soggy. The best part about a sausage ball, though, 
put that sucker in the microwave. It doesn't matter. You can reheat it. You know, it, the, uh, you know, they're a little crunchy when you first get them, but they are the only food I can think of that is just as good. A little squishy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, squishy. absolutely. Squishy. squishy. Yeah. And squishy. I tell you, recently found that you can reheat those in the air fryer on reheat mode and they come out just as crispy as they did in the oven. Mm. Big fan of sauces, balls. All right. So let's recap. Uh, so Rusty started us off with chicken wings and with the number two pick in the first round was pizza. The number one pick in the second round, I took hamburgers. And then tell me what you took next. Buffalo chicken dip. Buffalo chicken dip. And then what? I took sliders. Sliders. That was on my list too. And then I took uh, the sausage and cheese plate and Mm -hmm. chili. Mm -hmm. And then. I rounded out with nachos and sausage balls. Nachos and sausage balls. And I had the little weenies and. Those are five. Pizza, burger, that's chili, yeah, sausage, yeah. little weenies. Yeah. So uh, did that's you have anything that just missed the cut? Yeah, I did. I had a couple. Um, uh, we already talked about pigs in a blanket, but um, for me it was guac. I love guacamole, chips and guac. Chips and queso was on my list. Yeah, um, that, hot, chips hot, and salsa or chips and dip mm, was on my list. Hot dogs and tacos were the other things that were on my list. They're just great game day foods. Okay. See, I didn't – I should have considered – uh, I'm not a big hot dog fan, but yeah, like uh, brats, brats would have been a good one. I, I had that's uh, all included in hot dogs is brats and sausage and hot dogs. Let's put right. all that together. So I had meatballs, mm-hmm. uh, the homemade checks mix for like a finger, for like a just a snack, yep. you know. And then yep. I went with a dessert, and you can't beat just a really good chocolate chip cookie. Ah, that's solid, man. That's <laughs> so, solid. That's a good call. Yeah, so we'll get those uh, on a list there, and we'll let everybody vote on them and, and yeah. see who has the best list. And yep. uh, I will go ahead and concede that if I win, then I earned it. And if I lost, then Rusty paid everybody off because <laughs> there's no way I lost this one. <laughs> I don't know, man. Solid. That's too solid list, man. That's yeah. tough. That's tough. But uh, Drew, I want to take a real quick minute. Uh, I'm going to do something a little new this week. And uh, Drew's done your, you've done your soccer minute in the past. Um, I'm going to take a little opportunity to talk about an obscure sport uh, that happened this past weekend in Las Vegas. Drew, I, I got a question. You're a former athlete, right? Played some sports <laughs> I, played t- I was a college tennis player, believe it or there not. <laughs> there you go. Played, played sports in the past. Tennis is a, is a solid sport to play, man. A lot of athleticism involved, obviously. Not, um, if, not if you weren't bad at it like I was. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, a, I got a question. As a former athlete, if you're trying a new sport – and this new sport is to stand across the table from another grown man who has chalked his hand up. And the whole goal is for him to slap you in the face as hard as possible. How much of a prize money purse, how much prize money would it take for you to stand in that arena and get slapped in the face? Just ballpark. Well, it's kind of hard to say because I'm sure that the money doesn't go to the loser and I'm not going to win. But if you tell me to participate, how much it would take? Yeah. Is it televised? It's televised, isn't it? It's televised on like ESPN Ocho. Okay. So for me to walk up and be on ESPN and get slapped out, you're going to have to be mid six figures at least. So... The Romanian Slap League had their championship. Now, follow this logic. The Romanian Slap League championship was in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
all these big, burly Eastern European dudes with names that I can't pronounce all convened on Las Vegas for their league championship. And Soren Komsa is the is the <laughs> league champion. He stood in for 10 rounds. I'm sure y'all have seen the video. It's on Barstool Sports. I'm sure it's been on some other accounts of this man's face that is swollen out to here on the side that he continuously is getting hit. And it looks like hamburger meat. It's just it's puffy. It's been slapped. At one point in the semifinals, it explodes when it gets hit. Oh. It's just a gnarly scene, right? But this man stood in the arena for 10 rounds over the course of a nine or 10 hour day, won the league championship, and Drew, he went home with $5,000. Oh my goodness. No way. It cost there me more no, money to get out there. <laughs> the flight from Romania was more than $5,000. Like, there's no way that I'm going to stand in an arena and let this dude with a bear paw, because the guy that was hitting oh, you him know. was a grown man. Was the, a grown the mountain man. looking man. You know? Absolutely. And this man's face literally explodes and he went home and he won. The guy whose face exploded won and won five thousand dollars. I'm like you, dude. We're talking at least six figures. If I'm gonna get in the in the arena with these three hundred pound Eastern European guys and let them slap me in the face. Imagine going home and telling your mama that I have found my calling. <laughs> you know what are you doing, son? You're going to school, you're gonna learn a trade, you going to the circus, what you doing? I have entered the Romanian slap league. <laughs> I think she would say, you know what she would say? She'd probably be like, you know, I heard Cody Reinhardt's riding horses for a living. That may be a good gig for you. I I like your odds better on a bull than, <laughs> than, than Romanian. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not a big dude and yeah. I, you know, I don't have relatively large hands. And so I know I'm not going to dish out. I'm not going to knock anybody out by any means. Yeah. You know, these guys are professionals. They're me slapping them would probably, you know, that yeah. they thought I was a two year old, you know, shaved, compared to what they're doing. It feels like when they're getting shaved, man. And these yeah. guys have been there for 10 hours getting slapped in the face over and over and over again mm. for $5,000. Like, yeah, it's going to take a lot more than $5,000 for me to get pummeled in an arena by some big dude. Man, that's for sure. Well, uh, speaking of Vegas, um, I get, figure I'd update everybody on what happened in Tunica last weekend. We had our guys trip, uh, me and friend of the podcast, Zach and Andrew, all of our wives went together to get us a hotel room at the, at the, um, oh man, what was the name of the hotel? I mean the casino. Yeah. Harris, Gold Strike. Gold Strike. Gold Strike. At the Gold Strike. Don't ask and, me. No. <laughs> We, uh, you know, everybody's been going out and buying lottery tickets. I don't know if you've seen it. The lottery was up to like a billion dollars again. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what, instead of taking all of that money and buying scratch off tickets or not scratch off tickets, but lottery tickets or Powerball tickets, just go to Tunica, take your $200. And just like I did, win nothing. You're going to get the same amount of money out of it. But have more fun. And I had a lot more fun. And I'm telling you what, when we come up losers, all of us came up losers. <laughs> I've never won a single dime in a casino. I uh, I did one time. I was actually in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with another friend of the podcast, Aaron Ivey. I know he's a, a steady listener. And I went up $200 on the Mississippi Stud table. Uh, and I lost all the way back down to where I lost about 20 bucks and decided I'm going to call it a night. So no, the Tunica, uh, Tunica or three rivers in Pittsburgh, they got more money of mine than I have of theirs. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, to 
only leave minus twenty dollars is an absolute win. <laughs> Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. So, uh, all right. So that's. I feel like the the audience needed an update on what happened at the at the casino this weekend. Yeah, because I went over there with the uh, we're gonna watch a Grizz game and go have a good time, and then that parlayed into some NFL playoff games. You get a chance to watch any of those this past weekend? Yeah, I tell you, um, I uh, I was sitting at the blackjack table, and which is where I spent the bulk of my time, and you know I was up and down. You know, the best thing about the best outcome for me at a casino is that my money lasts long enough to have a good time, mm-hmm. and so I did accomplish that. And while we were there, we were right outside the sports book, and let me tell you. The gold strike was packed, 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 and the uh, it was Chinese New Year, and so <laughs> I guess there was a lot of people celebrating. I don't know. You're the rabbit, and here we are. Yeah, the, and we thought we were going to have a lucky rabbit's foot. Let me tell you, it came up in conversation. We thought that was a good omen, but no, it was not. <laughs> um, but being in the vicinity of the sports book, there were TVs everywhere, and we were able to keep up. And what was on was the Jags Chargers game. And we played through the first half, played through the first half, and would glance over because I was like, "Oh my goodness, he's throwing throwing another pick." They're down twenty-seven to nothing, and so it was like, "Well, I, there goes that." You know, we weren't we were hoping to get a good game out of it, get excited, but it got exciting. Let me tell you, the fact that Brandon Staley still has a job <laughs> is got to be more shocking to me than the amount of money I lost. Mm-hmm. At Tunica. Like I told you last week, man, I was hoping that Herbert would lose. I, I thought they would win, but I was hoping they would lose just so he would get fired. But instead, he cleaned out his entire offensive staff going to start over because Herbert deserves so much better, man. He's a he's a generational type talent at quarterback. Uh, but credit Trevor Lawrence. You know, we talked about Stetson Bennett on the pod, just standing in there, taking a punch and bouncing back. Trevor Lawrence had a much better second half than he did first. That's yeah. for sure. And chalk that up to the moment, maybe, because you can you can tell a lot of it was easy to write off Trevor Lawrence, you know, in the first half. Mm -hmm. But it showed the the gumption of the fella to be able to to put it behind him and to move on. It showed that he was a mature and that he's the Jacksonville's got something going with him. And uh, regarding Brandon Staley, I want to say nobody thought he'd have his job. And I've always kind of liked him. I like the brazenness, you know, with Lane Kiffin. There may be a little kindred spirits with the the brazenness and going for it on every fourth down and everything. He has not maximized that roster. No. Uh, he, has, he has weapons everywhere. Oh, man. Um, and he has not maximized that roster, and he's to blame. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was able to get away this time, and he, every coach only gets to do this one time. Yeah. You only get to blame it on your offensive coordinator one time. One time. And yeah, so, man, especially especially like you said, when you got a guy like Austin Eckler in the backfield, you got Herbert, you got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, like the talent on offense is up there with any team in the league, absolutely. but yet they really haven't accomplished anything. Right. And last year they even missed the playoffs. Yeah. And so um you only get to clean house one time and right. then it's you. Yeah. And so and the GMs may have put himself in a situation to where now if it's the coach that goes down, the GM goes down. Absolutely. So uh, here's here's for him. I want to see them be good because Herbert's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He is just as entertaining to me just based on quarterback play as Josh Allen and Mahomes and Burrow because he is electric when he's on. Sure. Yeah. And so they've never been able to put the offense together around him. 
mm-hmm. and I don't put any of the blame on Justin Herbert. And so uh, Brandon Staley's got one more shot at it. Yeah. And if you uh, yeah. can survive a 27-point collapse in the playoffs with only having to fire your offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach, then uh, whatever God he prays to, he needs to be thanking him. Absolutely, because he, his leash in 2023 is going to be incredibly short. With that kind of talent coming back, like it's going to be very short. And if they're not in a good position to at least be competing in that division, if not winning that division, um, you know, competing with the uh, with the uh, Chiefs in the AFC West, then I think he's gone midseason. I, I don't think he finishes out the year if they're not having a solid year. Yeah. And let's go on to the rest of the games. I'll be honest with you. The whole wild card weekend was incredible. All the games yeah. were good except for one. The San Francisco-Seattle game uh, turned out to be a little lopsided, even though it was close early. The better team definitely definitely won that game. There. I agree. And, it was a fun and, game to watch to see CMC in that offense under Kyle Shanahan, and he just got mad. I don't know if you saw it or not, but he kind of bumped that Chiefs lineman, and after that happened, or that uh, Seahawks lineman, and after that, man, he just like raced him up and down the field. Yeah. I, uh, the more I watch them, cause I haven't watched them, you know, uh, a lot this year, the more I kind of see them, mm-hmm. the more I think they're the best team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And I, if I watch them, if I watch them put away the Cowboys with ease or relative ease, I'm going to say they should be the favorite over giants or Eagles. Yeah, I agree. The Eagles have some holes that, um, that can be kind of exploited, but the 49ers are playing great on defense. They absolutely get after the quarterback and they defend the pass fairly well, but that offense is just loaded. When Debo and CMC are both healthy, that's really tough to defend. Uh, George Kittle is one of the top two, three tight ends in the game right now. Really, like we talked about last week on the pod, it's a great, uh, it's a great offense for a game manager. And that's what Brock Purdy has been. Um, He's just stepped in and, and played good football and hasn't screwed it up. And that's all you really have to do in that offense in Kyle Shanahan's office. So credit to the 49ers. They've won, I think, 11 or 12 in a row now. And they're one of the hottest teams in football. So I agree. Uh, as good as the Cowboys look Monday night, especially as good as they looked, if the 49ers win that game, they would have my vote out of the uh, NFC for sure. And uh, the Cowboys, uh, I was impressed with their defense. I still wasn't – I mean, their offense played well against exactly. the Buccaneers. Really well. Um, he had plenty of time. That's mm-hmm. the key. Uh, Dak, when he has a lot of time, is an above-average quarterback. Mm-hmm. When he has no time, his feet have left him for some reason, yeah. and he forces a lot downfield, and he throws a lot of picks. Um, I think that the 49ers can get after him a lot better yeah. than what the Buccaneers did, yep. and uh, I would pick the 49ers to win that game. I haven't seen the spread on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's we one of the more it's one of the more interesting games of next of this weekend for me. It's one that it's yeah. the primetime Sunday night game on NBC. I'm really looking forward to that game. Yeah. We'll get to that here in a minute, man. But speaking of games that were, that were good, you know, you kind of wrote this game off as a snooze fest. I didn't argue, but that bills dolphins game was incredible. The dolphins showed up and played just exceptional defense, especially with a non NFL quarterback in there. And, and, um, Skylar Thompson, like, uh, it just wasn't a wasn't a competitive offense, but they made a, a game out of it. And the big turnovers, they intercepted Josh Allen for his first couple of playoff interceptions. The Dolphins played way above their head. Xavier Howard thought it was 2012 all over again. Right. Had a phenomenal football game. The pressure on Josh Allen was relentless, and it took the Bills the entire four quarters to win that football game. 
credit to Mike McDaniel. I don't know if you saw him, but there's this video floating around. He's got his play sheet up and his other hand up, and he slips that play sheet down, and he slips that vape in, and it gets a big rip on the sideline and just to keep his nerves calm. And they almost beat those Bills, man. That was a great football game. And uh, you you kind of threw a shot at Skylar Thompson. I was a little bit impressed with him uh, because he was he stood in there. He stood tall the whole game. And if you watch the first few drives of that game, the first half of that game, man, the Dolphins receivers dropped everything, everything. He couldn't, he was, he could not have thrown better passes and they were dropping everything. Waddle had several that he just, he didn't have a catch until the second half, but I still, would you want Skylar Thompson stepping in as your quarterback? No, exactly. And so like, again, he had a good game, but he's not an NFL quarterback. He had a good game, but he's not. Well, he's an- not right now, and I'm not saying he's he will be one in the future. I'm just saying for what he is billed and for what game. he is as a rookie, I was impressed with his medal, honestly. Uh, I mean, yeah, they played on the road at Buffalo, which is a hostile environment. The Bills had all that emotion still. They're the home favorite, one of the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. They went toe for toe, toe-to-toe with them for the entirety of the game. So Let yeah. me ask you this. Are you sounding the alarm bells on Buffalo? No. I think I think he has turned the ball over so much since coming back from injury. He has, but here's the thing. Like I think what we saw, Drew, is they had that emotional high when they beat the Patriots, and you know there's that hangover coming at some point. And I think that was it. I think that was the emotional hangover. I think that the Bills are they got their attention. The Dolphins woke him up. The Bills played great in the fourth quarter to win that football game. Uh, they've got another shot at Cincinnati coming up next week, uh, coming up this weekend. But I really, I think that was the game that got their attention. I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried. I think that they still have a good, they, they still have my pick to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Nothing that I've seen from Buffalo. And trust me, I won't, I predicted Kansas city would win it. I don't want Kansas city. Just, I want new blood, I guess. Uh, I'd love for it to be Buffalo. Uh, just nothing what I've seen from Buffalo and from Josh Allen lately makes me think he can, because he, he will have to beat mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. You sure. can, I mean, he knows better than anybody. There has to be zero seconds on the clock, and you have to have the ball, or else you yeah. can lose that game. Absolutely. And as much as he's turned the ball over, knowing that the team he's going to have to beat is either Cincinnati or, um, Cincinnati or uh, Kansas City. I'm just, I'm a little shy on him. I'm just being honest. And no, I hear you, and and that's a valid concern. It is, but I think they right the ship and they beat uh, they play Cincinnati again on Sunday. Spoiler alert: I think they'll win that football game. I think they finally they're right in the ship. This was the that attention getting game because in every championship season there's that one game where you survive, and I think that this is that game for Buffalo, and it helps them kind of propel them into the AFC title and the Super Bowl. Yeah, if uh, if. The Bills are playing in the NFC. They're the odds-on favorite, and I yeah. think they sweep it through pretty quick. It's just the the caliber of quarterbacks mm-hmm. that he's up against in the AFC, and yeah. it's not a it's not a shot on Josh Allen to say that on a given night that Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow could or should be better than him. Sure. Yeah, I mean so, he's probably the third best quarterback, or could be. There's an argument that he's the second I, or third best quarterback left right now. Uh, and I still, I'd still think that that Bills defense is tough, and they've got a, they got the supporting cast to make it work. Uh, and just for the record, I think Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow right now. But to tell me that I'm not going to say that that it's a shoe in yeah. either way, we'll, you know, we'll find out on Sunday, that's for sure. Right. Um, but in another game that was not interesting to everybody, it ended up being a good football game. Saquon Barkley in his playoff debut 
was a grown man, played a phenomenal football game for the Giants on Sunday, uh, and they beat the Vikings 31-24. Again, the game wasn't in primetime, so Kirk Cousins did not show up, and the Giants It was in primetime is what you meant to say, right? Sorry. Yeah, Yeah. sorry. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you – listen, Minnesota, they're frauds. I mean, they were 11-0 this year in one-score games. You know that that math is not that you're going to regress eventually. There's no way it just I mean, this is the NFL. This isn't Georgia going against the SEC East here. This yeah. is the NFL. They're all professionals. There's no way that in one possession games, if you play 11 one possession games out of 18, that you're going to win 11 of them is just ludicrous. The and Titans what happened? Last year, yeah. The Titans last year won like seven or eight one-score games, and this year they were one and nine. So absolutely, just right to your point. Yeah. So they were, they were eleven and zero in one-score games, and that the rest of them they had a losing record. You know, and I'm just I didn't buy them going in. I wasn't as high on the Giants going in. I that's the reason why I kind of wasn't just super interested in it, but. Daniel Jones was by far and away the best quarterback on the field. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley was the best running back on the field. It, he was Daniel Jones was so good. And in the first half, his passing stats weren't great, but he had 71 rushing yards in the first half. Yeah, They couldn't contain him. Nope. Uh, run or pass, whatever he needed to do, he was able to get it done. And the Giants going into next offseason, they're, they're no longer looking at what ifs at the quarterback job they're going to give him the contract and and he's earned it you know he's got a playoff win and kudos to him i tell you what helps him too is that thibodeau kid from oregon that defensive end number five he is a stud and a future just all pro perennial all pro at defensive end they could give jalen hurts some fits this weekend i don't know that they can win but he played a great game against minnesota had pressure after pressure giants defense played well you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that Giants Eagles game a little bit more than I thought based on how they played against Minnesota. And uh, the last thing I'll say on it is, you give a lot of credit to Saquon, you give a lot of credit to the defense, especially Kayvon Thibodeau, and it's earned. There's no one that deserves more credit than Brian Dayball. What a job, man! What a job he's done. He he resurrect he he took Josh Allen, who was turnover prone and raw, and made him into an MVP contender, a Super Bowl contending offense. And he's done the same thing in one year with Daniel Jones by doing nothing but cutting out the turnovers. That's it's, it. It's a master class in how to take a organization who had the five pick last year, they were terrible, and by really doing nothing but changing the coach, you yeah. instilled confidence in a quarterback and made a run at it. And here you are in the divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah, and that you know they cut Kadarius Tony. They said we traded Kadarius Tony, one of their top picks. Like just trimming the fat, making good decisions. I agree, man. What a job Brian Dayball's done. If he's not the NFL Coach of the Year this year, it's he will it, be. It's a it's a it's a sham, man. He has done a phenomenal job with what was a poverty franchise for years, outside of of Saquon Barkley. But yeah, big big shout out about that game. Well, you know, next up your Bengals, man. I know you're you're they're your emotional pick. Joe Shiesty played a good game. They beat the Ravens on a ninety-eight yard touchdown return by a defensive end, Mr. Hubbard from the Bengals. Man, it was awesome, wasn't it? What a I love big guy touchdowns, man. Love them when uh 
Uh, Hunley reached across the line. That ball got batted back. It fell right into his lap. And watching Big 94 run down the field, man, it was such a fun sight to man, watch. Man, it was awesome. Uh, I uh, I was watching that game, and you know, I told you that my heart wanted to pick uh, Cincinnati because I love Joe Burrow. Yeah. Uh, since then, my wife has found Joe Burrow on TikTok, and that's all I've heard about is how cute uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow is. And so now I just want him to lose. <laughs> so he'll and, go away. Yeah. She just whispered to me, they're called thirst strips. I'm like, no, <laughs> thirst traps. And so I'm taking her phone away from her. Uh, <laughs> that's it, man. But and, uh, Cincinnati found a way to win in what was a, you know, a low-scoring football game. No Lamar Jackson as he's sitting out nursing that contract. I mean, knee injury. Um, and, and the Bengals found a way to win. And I'll tell you, uh, I left that game, and I, like I was starting to say a minute ago and got distracted. Um, I wanted Cincinnati to win. I still kind of root for Cincinnati. Uh, I still am rooting for Cincinnati, rather. Uh, I left that game a little bit more concerned about Cincinnati than I did Buffalo mm-hmm. because they lost Jonah Williams, who yeah. has been an incredible left tackle for them, played every game. And it, <coughs> excuse me. Um in their uh in their next game, they're gonna be starting five offensive linemen that did not start the year starting on the offensive line for them. It was the same issue they had last year. And they made it through last year and really they could have won the Super Bowl. So maybe it's not anything you should really be worried about, but they're dealing with injuries at the wrong time again. Right. And you can, if you keep overcoming that, that's the surprise. It's not the given. You don't expect anybody to get over injuries like that. Yeah. And especially when the road to the Super Bowl is paved with teams like Buffalo and Kansas City, you need your full team, full strength, best shot. Everybody on the field, you know, Jamar Chase is healthy at the right time. T. Higgins is healthy at the right time. But they need that offensive line to get through Buffalo this weekend. And if they beat Buffalo, you know they're probably going to be playing the Chiefs. So they need – and Chris Jones is the NFL sack leader at defensive tackle. They're going to need that offensive line to play some good football over the next two weeks. Right, especially, like you said, Chris Jones, you need your interior. You need guard-to-guard to be really, really solid. And, yeah, it, and when team, you've got I, a bunch of – when you got a bunch of subs in or subs or backups, whatever you want to call them, uh, what you worry about the most, they're obviously talented enough to play in the NFL. Uh, but when you have a position group, you know, you look at offensive line, it's different than receivers mm-hmm. uh, as a position group. The offensive line is a group. The communication has to be there. Yeah. You've got to like- know how to pick up the blitzes and, and who to pick up who. And yeah. when you're talking guard center guard, when you've got that six, five, yeah. 295 pound defensive tackle who leads the NFL in sacks and has just been absolutely incredible in Chris Jones. Uh, you've Hell got State. to be able to to talk. Yeah, product of Houston High School. Um, yeah, Mississippi State. Yeah. Mississippi State grad, Hale State. Uh, big fan of Chris Jones, and he's just only getting better with time. Again, led the NFL 15 and a half sacks from defensive tackle position, which is a feat. That's one thing for a defensive end to get after a quarterback like that, but an interior lineman with 15 plus sacks is a is a is a is a feat. And Cincinnati is going to have their hands full with them, uh, especially you know, like you said, with the injuries they've had. When you look at Chris Jones and say, "Oh, he leads the league in sacks," looking like that, it's like saying. 
oh, well, Shaquille O'Neal led the NBA in dunks. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he's seven five. You know, like, yeah, he yeah. should. Yeah, you know, look fair. at the man. You know, that's fair. So that's fair. But yeah, big shout. Still have to have the motor to play defensive tackle and get. That's it, man. And that's he just he just doesn't quit. But yep, Cincinnati uh, injury bit at the wrong time. We'll see what happens next week. And then you kind of hit on this earlier. We'll go through it real quick. The Cowboys, man, they showed up, showed out, just beat the brakes off of Tampa Bay. Tom Brady couldn't get anything going. Micah Parsons was in the backfield all night. Tried to go into the opposite huddle, but got quickly diverted. Uh, the the Bucks <laughs> offensive line wasn't having much to do with that. Uh, but Dak had his way, finished with 146 QBR, had a great football game, accounted for five touchdowns, actually used his leg on one of them, legs on one of them. But uh, Drew, from this game, again, it just further reiterates, to me, in my opinion, one of the most overpaid NFL players is Ezekiel Elliott. Just, again, no show. Tony Pollard had a good game. I just think Zeke is 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 the the twilight came quickly for him so far. Uh, just not just didn't really show up. Other than that, just a dominant Cowboys win. Well, and I'll tell you regarding Ezekiel Elliott. How do I put this? There's a shelf life on NFL running backs. I don't care how good you are, and it's the reason why if I were were to have been able to get on the podcast with you and Zach, who are diehard Titans fans, I would have posted the question like. Given the history of the running back position, do you sell high on Derrick Henry when you're obviously – and I know you don't, and I, you're shaking your head, and nobody can hear that. But I was just about to say, because he's yeah. the only one that's – like, he's so far, knock on wood, so far he's bucking the trend, but continue. Right. And he is – he's the heart and soul. You don't ever just get rid of your heart and soul of a franchise. Right. Um, and so I, I, I lean that way with Derrick Henry as well. But what you're seeing is the trend completing with Ezekiel Elliott. Because mm-hmm. he is in year, what, is this eight or nine? Uh, uh, and uh, yeah. the trajectory, because he was in the 2014 college 15. football playoff. Yeah, they won the, the first they beat year. Alabama yeah. in 15, uh, January 15. Well, that was the 14th season, so he got drafted in April 15. of 15. So this yep. is year seven, you know, yeah. just complete year seven. And so that makes him, you know, pushing 30, you know, 28 to 30, something like that. And the track record of running backs is that you're going to decline. And what you've seen all year and what you saw last year, really, is that Tony Pollard is just a superior back. Yeah. He's better in every single facet of yeah. that offense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I thought that Tampa Bay, they looked like an 8-9 and nine team. Everybody talked about Tom Brady, and Tom Brady deserves all the respect in the world. He deserves a, for Tampa Bay to get a bump when it comes to, you know, looking at matchups and stuff. Like, I know they're 8-9, and nine, but they have Tom Brady. Well, what happened in that game was that team just was 8-9, and nine, and Tom Brady didn't do anything for them that game. Uh, Tom Brady has always, always, always struggled in one situation, and that is if you get somebody in his face. Yep. You look at the Giants in 2011, they had Strahan and Umanura that were just That's in him all game. And that 19-0 and team got beat in the Super Bowl because they went up against a pass rush. And right. that's what Micah Parsons does. And that's what he's going to do to everybody. The right. difference is, can Brock Purdy get a, be shifty enough to buy himself that extra second? And Tom Brady doesn't have that. Yeah. And, and even when he had time, he looked rattled because, I mean, yeah. he was – they were doing scramble drills, you know, where he had – he bought a little time – and the receivers couldn't make up their mind which way they wanted to go. You know, right. Mike Evans took off left, going to the sideline on a scramble dribble. Before he made his cut, Tom Brady, who apparently 
has known it, what everybody's doing before they do it for his whole career, threw it down the middle of the field up the seam and almost got picked. You know, right. I was not impressed at all by Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is what their record was at the end of the year. They were eight and nine. And so that makes me devalue Dallas a little bit too. Uh, and couple that with what I told you I thought about San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I don't know what the line is, but if you're just telling me to pick a side, I'm picking the Niners. I don't disagree because the one thing that's, I think Tampa Bay really missed Gronk because he was such a good safety valve for Tom Brady that he could get those little out routes or those little tight end pop passes when he's under pressure. And that's where Brock Purdy will have the advantage because he has the advantage of George Kittle, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Sanders out of the backfield to where when Micah Parsons, and he's going to as good as San Francisco's O-line is with Trent Williams and as good as they are, Micah Parsons will get pressure on Brock Purdy at times. He has those safety valves in George Kittle and a dump off to CMC in the flats. There's there's opportunity to get rid of the ball quickly, and Tom Brady didn't have that. Mike Evans is a stretch-the-field guy. Uh, they didn't really have a tight end presence this year, and so I think that I, – I mean, I agree. Mike I Evans is so frustrating. Yeah. Just like Chris Jones, you look at the man, you're like, okay, he's the best wide receiver that has ever played in the NFL, except yeah. for that he's not. <laughs> he you should know? be. But, but he's, a, he's, a, he's a Chris Wallace guy, right? Like the measurements are there, but just – the production so hot and cold. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's best pass of the night uh, would have made the game, uh, I believe it was 31-21. So 31-14 was the final, and that would have right. made it 31-21. Yeah, so it would have made it 31-21, and he put it on the money right in the breadbasket, and he just, with no defender on him, he just beat the defender and just short-armed the, yep. the catch, you know. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, I, I wasn't impressed at all with Buccaneers, which most teams aren't going – I'm not going to be impressed with most teams that lose 31-14. Right. Nope. So, that sets us up in our divisional round. We've got in the AFC, we got the Jags and Chiefs. I think pretty confidently we both can say the Chiefs are going to win that football game. I think Jacksonville's magic runs out. Trevor Lawrence throws four picks again on Saturday. They lose about three touchdowns. That game's not going to be close if you throw four picks. He's not going to throw four picks again. He's that not. game, I'm – I'm not picking Jacksonville, but that number's high. I believe I saw at nine and a half. Give yeah. me Jacksonville. I think I think he's he's got he's there's something about a swagger of a quarterback that I can buy into. That's the reason why I love Joe Burrow. And the reason why I think Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. It it's that that swagger and he could, you can tell that team is bought in to him and they fight for him. Sure. And so I believe in that. Now, they're running up against a buzzsaw. I don't think they win. But don't be surprised if they make it interesting. So the over-under, so the Chiefs are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 53. Eight, it's down to eight-and-a-half because it was higher than that when I heard. Down today. to eight-and-a-half, and the over-under is 53. I think, I, I think I'd take the Chiefs, and I would take the over. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, that's our take on that game. I don't really have much to add. Yeah, other than that, like I agree. Uh, Buffalo, Cincinnati. Buffalo's a five and a half point favorite. Over under is 48, so a little bit lower here. Two decent defenses. I think that's partly why. Uh, Buffalo's five and a half point favorite over the Bengals. Yeah, it's going to come down to turnovers like it does in most games. You know, a lot of times, you know, turnovers can take you out of a game. Ask Trevor Lawrence, you know, he was able to get it back. But in games like this, it's turnovers crucial turnovers it's turnovers in the fourth quarter or in the red zone that swing it and mm-hmm. so whoever turns the ball over less in crucial situations i believe is going to win it yep. um 
honestly, I don't have an opinion on who's going to win this game. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. I'll, I have, this is the matchup I wanted in this moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then going forward, if you told me that Buffalo knocked off Cincinnati and I get a rematch of Kansas city, Buffalo again, sign me up 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we kind of talked about the NFC already. Um, Eagles are seven and a half point favorite over New York. I think that game. Give me be New York. Close. Uh, yeah, I think that game's be closer than a touchdown. I think New York kind of gives them some fits. Um, maybe even sneaks out a win. I think I'm. I, you know, that game. That game might be uh, closer than people. I think. would not be as shocked as I thought I would have been. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. If you told me it was a a Giants Niners. Uh, NFC Championship game, I think that would be exciting. I'd take yeah. that. If you had told me two weeks ago, I'd been like, what in the world? But now, like that's a, I think that's a real thing that can happen. If Saquon can keep going and Thibodeau gets pressure and the Giants can create some turnovers, which Jalen Hurts this year has played out of this world, and then he's been pretty turnover prone in the game that they lost with him. Obviously, Gardner Minshew lost a lot of those games for the Eagles, but uh, I think that game might be closer than people think, and I think the Giants can win that more and likely than Dallas can upset the 49ers. I agree. And how many times can you say, as the one seed, do you think a team can say they're not respecting us? Because the Eagles have a case to say that we're yeah. being disrespected here. Yeah. And maybe not in compared to the Giants, but in the NFC as a whole, because they won that division. They won, They were ahead in the division all year. They would have ran away with it if Hurts yeah. stays healthy. But everybody seems to be loving everybody else, you know, and they can, they've got some bulletin board material that they can yeah. hang up there. And Nick Sirianni, if he, you know, if he channels his inner Saban or Kirby Smart, man, he's going to have, he's going to have a chalkboard full of press clippings that. Yeah. So that could lead to the Eagles winning by four touchdowns, but I just think that's going to be a close, I think that's going to be a close game. And we've already talked about the Bucks and Cowboys. I remember the 49ers and Cowboys. I think the 49ers win. They're a four point favorite. Um, I I think I I would take the 49ers outright. I just think they're better in every aspect of the game. Uh, The only they're comparable with their pass rush. Uh, The best pass rusher. I mean, is Micah Parsons, but uh, defense as a whole, you know, I, and then the offensive, the offensive system that that uh, the 49ers run, I I just trust it a little bit more. I agree, and I, I think you know it's a it's a throwback to the 90s when we had the 49ers and Dion and the Cowboys and Steve Young. There were so many years, so many years, <laughs> yeah, so many years that Dion was on one side or the other that rivalry. It's cool to see some of that again, but. Uh, that's our NFL talk for the week. I know we're kind of running a little long, kind of got down into that, but we don't be remiss to t- not talk about the Grizz and their 10-game winning streak. We're currently beating the Cavs right now, or excuse me, we're tied with the Cavs, 89-89, going for a franchise record 11-game winning streak tonight. And an 11-game winning streak in which the Grizzlies are just pummeling people. Yeah. Um, if there's been a the Jared Jackson Jr. haters have come out this week, and their biggest detractors one is fouls. Well, it, he's only averaging three fouls a game. He's he has been very good at that lately. The and, other night against the Suns, he had zero, and he had five blocks and zero fouls. Like a phenomenal right. game. And so they're hating on him for his fouls, which he seems to have corrected. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, only people who watch the Grizzlies every day realize that they're remembering Jaron Jackson Jr. from the playoffs last right. year. Um, and number two is his knock is minutes he's playing. But mm-hmm. I'll be honest, 
John Morant is only is averaging 26 minutes per game over this win streak because they're just beating the crap out of everybody. Absolutely. Uh, Um, We're getting to see more of Tyus Jones, John Conchaw. We're clearing the bench. X has been playing more because we're just we're up by 20 or 30 with two minutes to go. And it's so much fun to let these guys just rest. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I kind of crave a close, exciting game at some point because (laughs) be honest with you. I mean, this is setting up to be the first one in a very long time. I can't. I mean, the the one that I can remember off the top of my head that we uh, we we were podcasting at the time, the uh, Madison Square Garden when John mm. Morant and Jalen Brunson dueled in the fourth quarter. That's the first nail. That's the last nail biter I can remember that the Grizzlies were playing, and that was before Christmas. Yeah, that one or the only one since then would be that Magic game when they had those massive third and fourth quarters. We still won by like eight or ten, but it got yeah. I'm really not calling that close there. though because we were up big and they came they came back Fair. in it. Fair. It's uh, nice to have a competitive game even without Donovan Mitchell tonight. The Cavs are playing really really well. They're a good team. They're a good. They're team, a really man. good team. Lavert's got 21. They're they're a good good basketball team. They're going to cause some noise in the East. They're not one of the top three teams, but they're they're a good basketball team. But I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the fi- in the Eastern Conference Finals. No, not at all. Especially, I'd be surprised the- if they won it. But yeah, they're they're in that mix for me because yeah. they're deep, they're big and long. Yeah. Uh, they play a different style of basketball. They play much slower pace, uh, kind of an old throwback team. Uh, I like Cleveland. But back to the Grizzlies. Uh, on this winning streak, everybody has gone absolutely berserk. Yeah. Uh, for instance. Desmond Bain is averaging 20 a, a game, shooting 50% from the field yes. and 48% from three. Just just shooting the cover off the ball. The whole team. Zaire's um, finding his range again. He's finding that corner three. He got that big oop the other night for that massive dunk. Brandon, Clark, Brandon Clark's dunk the other night. Um, oh, my goodness. Would have been the top Nasty. dunk for any NBA team except the team that has John Morant. When he had, right. I mean, it was just a massive dunk, one-handed covered up put that kid on a poster but it's probably like the fifth best dunk we've seen this year from the grizz because of john morant right yeah we uh we are getting spoiled yeah because i'm not going to say say that it's i'm numb to the highlight i still get out of my seat every time yeah but we went through a i mean up until jaw pre-jaw go back as far as you want you could rank the top 10 dunks of grizzlies history and like you would get like DJ Steffens and you yeah. stroll miles Swift. Miles Swift. <laughs> yeah. That's the dunks you would get. And they, you would have a hard time making 10 out of them. Yeah. And you're talking about, you're getting jog putting together a top 10 list a week. It's, it's especially, especially that dunk against Indiana the other night where he was just like so far behind him on that, that, that Tomahawk man, just out here ending careers that I we was, never, I was, uh, I pulled Zach away from the uh, blackjack table to show him the highlight because we were in the casino when it happened. And you texted me, and I was like, I don't have any service. And for some reason in Tunica, they don't have the Grizzlies game on in the casino. Uh, Send me the clip because all you said was dude. And I was like, okay, Jaws done something. And so Mm -hmm. uh, Grizzlies fans need to take a step back every once in a while, remember what we came from, yeah. And remind ourselves that this is amazing. And this even is though we expect it, 
to not be sad if it doesn't happen every game. Right. We went decades without anything. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know, I've joked on this podcast before. I can remember getting gas in Memphis and they'd be like, Hey, you want some grist tickets? They're like five bucks for, for lower bowl. And they're like, cool. Yeah, that sounds good. Like they were stupid cheap. Couldn't give them away. We go to games in the forum and like Oh three, Oh four, Oh five, or excuse me in the pyramid and Oh three, Oh four. And there was nobody there. Right. You would start in the nosebleeds, but by the second quarter, we were 10 rows from the floor because there might have been 30 people there. But um, even in the good years, you weren't getting highlights like this. No, and that's the thing because we had like the most unathletic core four outside of Mike Conley. Zebo was 6'9 and couldn't dunk. Uh, Mark was so passive on offense that you never really got any highlights from him other and than PA like missed passes. so many layups. <laughs> like I was talking about this with a buddy the other day. Like, our offense was T.A. stood in the corner and we played four on five. Like T.A. just stood over there out of the way because his he defense cut. was so good. And he would cut every once yeah. in a while. But we mostly played offense with four players. <laughs> uh, well, but, yeah, the Grizz have been tough, man. Jaron is coming into his own. He's stepping in. Like his defense is absolutely out of this world. The fact that, like, that we've got another legit chance at, an, at a um, defensive player of the year. You know, Mark won it a number of years ago. I think Jaron has a really good shot. He's the odds on favorite in Vegas. Um, we've got a really good chance to have uh, another defensive player of the year. And I wanted to ask you this little question about the Grizz. If you had to take a pick, and there's implications that come with this either way, so think about it. But if you had to take a pick, if you wanted, if you had to choose one or the other, Jaron Jackson Jr. to win Defensive Player of the Year or Taylor Jenkins to win Coach of the Year, which would you pick? Oh, that's easy. easy. Uh, I want Jaron Jackson Jr. to win Defensive Player of the Year. I do believe that it's a crime that in that midseason survey that we talked about last week that Taylor Jenkins did not receive a single vote for Coach of the Year. Uh, I think it's a disservice, and I, I think it's catering to big market teams. <clears throat> However, uh, I'm always going to choose the player awards over the coach awards, and no one deserves. You can make an argument that another coach deserves coach of the year. You cannot, to me, make an argument that defensive. I mean, that defensive player of the year should not go to Jaron Jackson Jr. I hear that, and the reason I guess it's kind of a trick question, but like I hear that, and I think Jaron Jackson will win and should win Defensive Player of the Year. But the only reason that Taylor Jenkins wins Coach of the Year is because we had a really good second half of the season and made a deep playoff run, if not having a parade on Beale Street. Because usually they give that to the coach with the best team, coast to coast, that has the best team. So I guess it's kind of a trick trick question, but I think Jaron Jackson Jr. will win the Defensive Player of the Year. And if Taylor Jenkins wins Coach of the Year, I think that means that good things happened at 191 Beale Street. It's um, it's more important to me. I'm more ex- I would be more excited rather than Coach of the Year for Taylor Jenkins for us to have the number one seed in the Western Conference locked up and that he could coach the All Star Game. That would mean more to me than the Coach of the Year. Okay, yeah, I think I- that would be really awesome to see him on the sidelines at the All Star Game, and that goes to the coach. With the, I don't remember the date, the cutoff date, because it's not yeah. the all-star break. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a date in there to where they take the top two coaches from each conference, yeah. w- or the teams with the best record in each conference, and they're the coach for the conference yeah. in the all-star game. That would be cooler to me. Uh, so give me Jerry Jackson Jr. for DPOY, and give me Taylor Jenkins for coach coaching the West and the all-star team. Yeah, I don't hate that. That's not a bad, that's not a bad thought. And then the last thing about the Grizz, uh, before we start winding down for the night, 
There's been some rumors. So Zach Kleiman is very much, and our brass are very much only trading on draft night. That's usually when we only make our moves. We own our next seven first round picks. I read an article today just to, just to, uh, yeah, to, uh, reinsure your argument here. Yeah. Uh, the last trade mid season trade that the Grizzlies did was three years ago when they shipped Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder to Miami for Justice Winslow. There was one other player in that trade, and it could have been a better guy because he was on that sob tour around the NBA talking about how we wouldn't let him out of his contract. Oh, Andre Iguodala. Most, like that is the most hated Grizzly in my opinion. Is just because like he was on first take, he was on uh, first thing, like every show talking. They're about, holding me back. The Grizzlies won't let me go. Like, no, we're not going to let you go. We want something in You're return. You're an asset. You're an, You're asset. an asset. Just like you get traded. I tell you what. Let you go. We're going to just Danny, you. If Danny Green got traded before ever playing in a single game for the Grizzlies, he would not go around and talking crap about the Grizzlies because it's a business, and these veterans should know that. He sat next to Brian Windsor the other day on on ESPN and listened to him talk about him as a trade piece. And Iggy was on every news station like, they won't just cut me. And then we ended up trading for Justice Winslow. We went out on a limb, and it didn't work out, but we tried. Um, but that's that's kind of leads into my point. We we, we own our next seven first-round draft picks. Plus and one of those, round- that Golden State pick is from yeah, the Iguodala trade. That's, that's yeah, what we so that got makes- to acquire Iguodala from Golden State. Right, so that makes eight first-round draft picks that we have. We own all of our next like eight or ten second-round picks. You know, second-round picks may just be fodder, but we own all of our picks. We got an expiring contract. Yeah, we got an expiring contract in Danny Green that would that's worth about ten million dollars. I've heard two names that keep coming up, two names that are pretty consistently coming up that the Grizz are have been linked to, should trade for, interested in, somewhere in the mix. Um, There's two names. Okay. One of them is Gary Trent Jr. from Toronto. He got into it the other night with Brooke Lopez, and Brooke ripped his yeah, headband off. I, so I, like the, I like the attitude. He's a he's a good scorer off the bench. I don't know that I don't know that he improves us a ton, but he does add some bench depth. Yeah. And the and other name, the other? Malik Beasley. That's the one I want. That's the name I like. If we're gonna trade Danny Green, that's the player that I want. If anybody should dig up Malik Beasley's grave from last year in the playoffs, it should be John Morant and the Grizzlies because he buried him last year. He did. Though the the, uh, snippet, the trade, you know, the trade scenario that I saw thrown out was um, Xavier Tillman and Danny Danny Green for, uh, and you'll probably have to throw in a pick pick or two here. Probably a second round pick or something in there. Yeah, and uh, you get back. You get him back. That's the one I want. I want Malik Beasley because, yeah. like I've told you before, when it when you have superstars and you have physical superstars yeah. that that can that specialize in getting to the rim, get me somebody who can knock down the three. And, He's a three and D guy. Yep. Yeah. And he probably would. If you're just giving up Danny Green and and Xavier Tillman. And he's not going to start for you. Nope. But when you look at who would come off the bench with Zaire and with Aldama and um, Brandon Clark, Roddy, I mean, those guys, I mean, I guess they thought LaRavia might get there later in the year. It turns out he's probably not. Probably not. Con- Conchar, LaRavia, Santi. You take one of those guys out and insert Malik Beasley and that he can run on the second team with Ja, I'd see that working well 
when you know your rotation is not your five starters so you can get jaw and well, this think about a small ball lineup that has jaw tyus malik beasley you could throw santi or uh brandon clark in there and jaron jackson jr that's a small ball lineup that can run the floor that can score points shoot the hurry, cover off of it shoot the cover off of it that's a tough tough lineup if you want to go small and Malik Beasley's averaging almost 14 points a game 35% from the three this year his career average is 38 so he's just right off of that um he's in Utah playing some decent basketball for him I if we're going to make a trade I don't think so caveat I don't think we need to make a trade but if we do make a trade the Malik Beasley trade made sense made sense to me I want to make a trade especially in a trade in that range to where you're not giving up somebody like because you know you've got your you know in the offseason you had your kevin durant like would you give up desmond bain for this like a smaller trade in which you're not giving up a core member or even a fringe core member yeah is very very appealing to me and a trade like this is not going to take first round draft picks which i want this front office to have as many first round draft picks as we can i want to have as many second round draft picks we keep hitting on first and second we keep hitting on our draft picks and so like a trade like malik beasley that you could get with a guy like danny green and x or you know danny green plus like you said one of those deep bench players like that trade makes like appeals to me more than going after a big name superstar like a Kevin Durant or a Bradley Beal in the offseason where you have to get up give up first round draft picks that we have been so good with over the last three or four years. Well, and I know that even if you're good at the draft, there's a risk in the draft. Sure. And so I'm cool with with parting with draft picks for players that you know are known commodities. I don't know. I've never been comfortable with giving all of the draft picks for one known commodity. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And so, yeah. uh, especially I'm, when I'm, you have a franchise that's as good with draft picks as ours has right. shown to be. Right. So you can tell me that the Grizzlies have eight first round picks, and I can't guarantee you that any of them turn out to be as good as our uh, second round picks. Rather, I can't tell you that any of them turn out to be as good as Malik Beasley in the second round. You know, sure. they've hit no, in the second round, you know, fair. but they've really hit late in the first round. If you really well, that, dive into it, when you look at Santi and Bain and Bain was Brandon Clark, were all, yeah. Like, but, Desmond Bain was supposed to be a top 15 pick, and we traded up, took him the last pick of the first round. And, that's and they did the same thing with Santi Aldama, traded up to the 30th pick to get Santi Aldama. And then they took Brandon Clark, who fell to 21. Mm-hmm. And they traded up to get him at 21. Right. And so, it's the later part in the first round that they have really excelled at. Yeah. And so, those you know, if you tell me picks. those second round picks, uh, if you, you part with those and take a gamble, I'm cool with that, you know, with the known quantity. I just have a problem with, with sending multiple first yeah. or a package of multiple first and multiple seconds, you know, and also yeah. have a problem with sending core members of your team yeah. right now too, you know, so. Especially the trajectory we're on, we're going to land somewhere in that late first round where we've been hitting pick after pick after pick. And again, you're you're due for a bad one here and there, but I trust this front office that if we can get away with Danny Green and X 
maybe one second round, like not as many picks for a guy like Malik Beasley, which I think you could get without picks. I think that's that's the trade that you make to make this team. Because, again, I think we're posed for a deep Western Conference playoff run. I don't know that we need to make a trade, but I think a guy like Malik Beasley only makes you better for those deep, deep games down in May and June uh, of 2023. Well, and when you're talking about Malik Beasley in particular, too, he's on a team that started off hot in Utah. Uh, who are not projected to be good at all. They started off hot, and they've come back to earth lately. They're still sitting in the playoff hunt right now. They're they're currently in the playoffs right now, I believe, in the play-in. I think they're Uh, number eight. They're the eighth seed. If the season ended today, they'd be the eighth seed. The problem with Malik Beasley is, are you going to get into a bidding war from Malik Beasley? Because you look at teams who don't care at all about draft capital, like Philly and like uh, the Lakers, Clippers, all those teams that are so driven by stars that they don't care about draft picks. Are you, are you willing to get into a bidding war? Because you know that, that LeBron wants some shooters. Yeah. Yeah. And if they want to package one of those, uh, those later first round picks that are so coveted by everybody, I don't think they would use one of those on Malik Beasley. Uh, but if you got into a bidding war with somebody, you know, maybe, Maybe maybe Malik Beasley is is a good target because, you know, the bidding war may go to like uh, Bogdanovich at mm-hmm. Detroit. Uh, he's going to be a he's going to be a target for mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Yeah. Buddy Heald and Miles Turner is always yeah. linked to L.A. Listen, uh, and Buddy Heald is another guy that I, he would probably be too expensive to go get, but he's somebody I've always wanted to see in Memphis because when he's hot, he can absolutely shoot the lights out, man. Oh, he's he's great. Uh, I've wanted him, I've coveted him ever since he was in we, Oklahoma. We've talked about that numerous times, how he would look good in Beale Street Blue, but I think he'd be too expensive. And, you know, another thing that um, that is kind of interesting, another trade piece that Utah is looking to move, and this is strictly a heart pick, a nostalgic pick. I, it doesn't make sense. We don't need him. But Mike Conley is another name they're talking about moving. And if we can get a little package that gets him on the cheap with Malik Beasley, I wouldn't be mad at it. They're not going to do that, and I don't think they should. Know. You know, you've got the best backup point guard in the league. What are you going to do with Mike? I love Mike. Uh, I hope that, you know, in in baseball, you know, especially, they'll give the little one-day contracts when they retire. You know, that's what they should do with Mike. Yeah. Or if Tyus Jones, you know, uh, gets dealt in the offseason or, you know, in after the next offseason, he walks in mm-hmm. free agency. Like, mm-hmm. if you do it then, fine. Uh, but then they're going to be looking at Kennedy Chandler anyways. And are they going to bring in Mike Conley to play over Kennedy Chandler after they made him the highest? They gave him the biggest contract for any second-round pick in NBA history. And he's playing good basketball in those late minutes. He has played really well as of late with the face mask and everything. So, no, I agree. It was just an, it was something I heard today and thought, you know what, that tugs on my heartstrings, but it just doesn't make sense. If it happened, I would be excited. But right. since it hasn't happened yet, I don't really see a situation in which it makes a lot of sense. Sure. Absolutely. Don't disagree. I, it would make more sense to me. Uh, and it it would make more sense to me that they brought Mark Gasol back from Spain to play a backup five <laughs> than it would that they trade for Mike Conley. And that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, uh, in this, 
you would probably have to have an injury before you made that call. You know, Steven Adams goes down, then you make that that's, call. But That's catastrophic, absolutely, yeah. if Steven Adams goes down because, well, you know, his rebounding and stuff has been integral to our success this year. So we're not going to wish that wish that evil on nobody. Don't uh, don't push that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, that's my Grizzlies takes for today. Uh, right now yeah. there's five minutes to go in the game. It's a one-point lead for the Grizzlies over the Cavs. This is the nip-tuck game that I've been wanting. So let's wrap this thing up so I can watch the end of this game. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, as we talked about at the top of the show, please like, share, follow, uh, share with your friends, give us a comment. Please give us a review. We need those on Spotify and YouTube for exposure. We would really, really appreciate that. Uh, if you've made it this far in the show, please give us a, a review. Clearly, you're listening for a reason, and we appreciate that. Uh, but again, our socials are at the number two buck sports pod on, on Instagram and Twitter, two buck sports pod.com and two buck sports pod on Spotify. Drew, as always, I enjoyed it, sir. It's a great time talking sports with you, man. It's always fun doing these, even if nobody listens, I enjoy recording these with you, sir. Yeah, man, it's been a blast. And, uh, like Rusty said, uh, give us a like on everything, keep up with us, interact with us. But the most important thing you could do for us is to just tell your friends about us. Absolutely. So, uh, Rusty, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we had two podcasts in two days, so we're going to take six days off and uh, meet right. back here next Wednesday night, yep. and we will be able to talk about uh, conference championships in the NFL, and maybe the Grizzlies are still riding this win streak. Hope so, man. Until then, be good, and uh, I'll talk to you next week, Drew. All right, brother. See ya. Money.